Welcome to our podcast, Worship Service Remote, for Plains United Methodist Church of Plains and for First United Methodist Church of West Pittston, Pennsylvania. Our scripture readings for later in the service so that you can go ahead and look them up now if you so choose, are Romans 11, 1 through 2a, 29 through 32, and Genesis 45, 1 through 15. I am Reverend Tenny Rupnick, and my email address is tenhutrup at gmail.com. That's T-E-N-H-U-T-R-U-P at gmail.com. Please send me any prayer requests you have. Let me know if they're private in nature or if you'd like them to be shared on next week's podcast so that your church family can be praying for you. Our prayer requests for this charge for this week are for Clyde Dukes, for Beverly Condo, for Rebecca, who is fighting cancer, little Nate Gray, who is fighting cancer, for Sue and Ty Williams, for a baby named Boston, who was born prematurely, for all our healthcare workers and first responders and our governmental and civic leaders. We invite you to come and worship with us in our churches in person at First UMC of West Pittston or Plains UMC of Plains. We would love to see you there. And we are worshiping at this time with important safety measures in place, but we are together. The 11th Sunday after Pentecost, August 16th, 2020. Our first hymn for this morning is Majesty, Worship His Majesty. Majesty, worship his majesty, unto Jesus be all glory, honor, and praise. Majesty, kingdom authority, flow from his throne, to his own his anthems raise so exalt lift up on high the name of Jesus magnify come glorify Christ Jesus the King majesty Worship his majesty, Jesus who died, now glorified, King of all kings. Our gathering meditation for this morning is taken from Isaiah chapter 56, verse 1. Thus says the Lord, maintain justice and do what is right. For soon my salvation will come and my deliverance will be revealed. Our call to worship this morning is taken from Psalm 67. And before I start in on the call to worship, I'm recording in my dining room this week and my English bulldog is making some noises. So if you hear some huffing or if he starts to whine or bark, he's just worshiping with us this morning. Our call to worship. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. 
Almighty God, our God, continues to bless us. May we continue to revere our God. The Lord is gracious and makes his face to shine upon us. Help us to shine for you, O God. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Please join me in our prayer for invocation. Most Holy Lord, we long for you. We long for your touch, your mercy, and your peace. Most Holy Lord, open us up now. Open us up to your presence, your mercy, and your love. Amen. Our next hymn this morning is in the hymnal number 357 and is entitled, Just As I Am Without One Plea. Number 357, and I will be reading this one. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me and that thou biddest me to come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am and waiting not to rid my soul of one dark blot, and to thee whose blood can cleanse each spot, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, fightings and fears within, without, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am, poor, wretched, blind, sight riches, healing of the mind, yea, all I need in thee to find, O Lamb of God, I come. I come. Just as I am, thou wilt receive, wilt welcome, pardon, cleanse, relieve. Because thy promise I believe, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am, thy love unknown hath broken every barrier down, now to be thine, yea, thine alone, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Join with me together now in our confession of faith as we recite the Apostles' Creed. Let us say what we believe and believe what we say. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. For our children's message this morning, we're looking at a scripture from an Old Testament book that's towards the front of your Bible called Isaiah. The first chapter in Isaiah in verse 18b. And it says here, your sins, or the bad things you do, are red like deep red cloth, but they can be white as snow. Your sins, the bad things you do, are bright red, but you can be white like wool. Now I want you to use your imagination with me. Imagine that we're walking down a road and 
we come to a place where the road splits. It goes in two directions. It goes off to the right and it goes off to the left. This is often called a fork in the road. It's not like a fork that we eat with, but it splits and goes two ways. Down one way, the pathway is smooth and clean with only a few bumps or cracks in the road. But down the other fork, we see that the path is littered with rocks and it has lots of cracks and there's lots of mud puddles and muck, things you can kind of trip on and get caught up in. Sometimes it seems as if our lives are like this. Sometimes we get along pretty well. Our lives are more like the clean, smooth pathway. We don't get into trouble very often. And when we do, it's nothing too serious, nothing too bad. But other times, our lives are more like the bumpy, messy path. As much as we may not like it, at those times, we do seem to do naughty things. And to get into trouble, it seems like all the time. Now let's use our imaginations again. Picture that that fork in the road or that split in the road. Picture it again with one clean pathway and one rough, dirty pathway, muddy, full of muck, hard to walk on. Now imagine that it begins to snow. It really, really snows, like one of those big snowstorms in the winter. The snowflakes fall and fall and fall, and soon both of the pathways are covered with several inches of snow. Now when we look down the road, we can look at both pathways and we can't tell a difference between the two. Both of the pathways look smooth and clean and new, and if we wanted to walk on them with snowshoes or to ski on them or something like that, they would be just the same. Did you know that the Bible tells us that Jesus can make our lives just like those pathways? If we've only done a few bad things in our lives, we still need Jesus to forgive us and to make our lives clean and new. And even if we've done many bad things, when we ask Jesus to forgive us, he promises that he will wash our sins away and make us just as clean as if we'd never done one bad thing ever. Isn't it wonderful to know that Jesus can make us clean again? He can take away our muck, no matter how badly we've acted. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that through your love and by your mercy, our messy living is made clean and white as snow. And all God's children say, Amen. Please join with me now in our prayer for illumination. O Holy One, you invite us to taste your goodness and to come before you with the innocence and humility of children, asking us to come before you, being open to your word and your ways. Open our ears and soften our hearts that we might be filled with the conviction that we are indeed your children, your people, and that you are our God. Center and strengthen us that we may respond to you with our obedience and to others with your mercy and love. Amen. Our first reading this morning is an epistle reading, or an epistle is a letter, a reading of a letter, from the book of Romans, chapter 11 verses 1 through the first part of 2, or 2a, and verses 29 through 31. Paul wrote in his letter to the believers at Rome, 
I ask then, has God rejected his people? By no means. I myself am an Israelite, descendant of Abraham, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Just as you were once disobedient to God, but now have received mercy because of your disobedience, so now you have been disobedient in order that by mercy shown to you, they too may receive mercy. Our Old Testament reading is from the book of Genesis 45, 1 through 15. This scripture is taking place just as Joseph, son of Jacob, reveals his true identity to the brothers who betrayed him. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried out, send everyone away from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers, and he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it and the household of Pharaoh heard it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, so dismayed were they at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come closer to me. And they came closer. He said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are five more years in which there will neither be plowing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So you see, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me and do not delay. You shall settle in the land of Goshen and you shall be near me, you and your children and your children's children, as well as your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. I will provide for you there since there are five more years of famine to come so that you and your household and all that you have will not come to poverty. And now your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my own mouth that speaks to you. You must tell my father how greatly I am honored in Egypt and all that you have seen. Hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, while Benjamin wept upon his neck. And he kissed his brothers and wept upon them. And after that, his brothers talked with him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our message for this morning is entitled, The Medicine. Have you noticed yet how so many people are now saying, stay well or stay healthy to one another? I've noticed that. I've noticed that more times than not, I get a stay well from a cashier or waitress instead of hearing, have a good afternoon or goodbye, I hear, stay well. What a time in history we are in. A time when many are sick or very worried about becoming so, an era in which expectations for sanitizing your hands 
and wearing face masks seem to rule the day, when cashiers hide behind plexiglass partitions and restaurants can be closed down for seating and serving too many people at one time, an age when we may return to our local news on TV or our phones time and time again to check statistics about infection trends or numbers that reveal death rates. As a society, as a culture, as a world community, we have suddenly become a people who are preoccupied with news of contagion and care, with the word of testing and treatment. We level our gaze toward the medical community, hoping for, waiting for the next medical breakthrough, the scientific insight, the prayed for vaccination. We're grateful to the frontline heroes who work in healthcare and we're focused on the medicine that is developed and used. Focused on the medicine especially, on our hope for it, on the possibilities of it, on any news about it. The medicine. I wanted to talk about medicine today, but not about NyQuil or prednisone, and not about Paxil or Coumadin, Zestril or insulin. Today I'd like to talk about a different kind of medicine for a different kind of dis-ease, illness, or sickness altogether. But we'll get back to it, because first, first our scripture, and first, Joseph. I love Joseph. Joseph is one of my all-time favorite biblical characters. Do you all have one? A favorite? Can you think of a Bible character that especially interests or intrigues you? Someone whose story catches you up and draws you in. Some of the female characters of the Bible I'm caught up by are Ruth and Rahab, Dinah, Jael, and Vashti. Some of the male ones, besides Jesus, of course, who draw me in are Samson, David, Job, Nicodemus, and, well, Jacob's son, Joseph. I've pretty much always loved Joseph, and I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that. I mean, I remember loving his story as a preschooler when I'd be handed the coloring pages in our little Sunday school classroom, and I got to choose some crayons for his many-colored coat. And my grandmother, who had a hand in raising me, she loved plays and musicals, and so we'd oftentimes go to the theater, and oftentimes we went to see the musical, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. That show was my favorite as a child. I bet you I saw it, that musical in person in live performance as a child, 10 times. 10 times in some odd 18 years. That's a pretty significant number. Unsurprisingly then to you, I bet, I can sing all of the songs by heart, like this one. Close every door to me. Hide all the world from me. Bar all the windows and shut out the light. This is a sad and mournful tune. Joseph sings in that musical as he's sitting imprisoned, locked up for the unforeseeable future, miles and miles and miles away from his family and his home. Do what you want with me. Hate me and laugh at me. 
dark in my daytime and torture my night. Now this all happened when he was younger than he was in our verse for today, when he was still more vulnerable. You remember, his brothers were jealous. They attacked him, beat him, sold him off to some slave traders and told their father Jacob that their brother, Jacob's beloved son Joseph, was dead. If my life were important, I would ask, will I live or die? But I know the answers lie far from this world. And so the song pours out from Joseph after he's sold as a slave after he's accused of committing a crime against his master, and after Joseph is locked up in prison in a foreign land, aware that he'll likely be there for the rest of his life, if, if he's not tagged to be killed for his crime. This heartbreak pours out from Joseph at the height of his trouble, the height of his fear, the height of his despair. Close every door to me. Keep those I love from me. But our scripture for this morning from Genesis 45 takes place many years later in his story. After Joseph impressed those in power and was released from prison and was hired on to none other than the Pharaoh himself and was given the daunting task of saving Egypt, saving the land, saving its people from the severe grip of famine that had seized the entire region. Do you remember the story? The famine was widespread and even those back in Canaan where Joseph was from were affected and Jacob sent his remaining sons out to see if they could get some aid to help in securing food. And without knowing it, without realizing it, the brothers wind up coming right before Joseph to ask for this help. And the brothers don't know Joseph, although he knows them. You see, they don't recognize Joseph, although he recognizes them. And while his brothers plead for help in sustaining all of their lives with a handout of food, Joseph is remembering his own shock and hurt and terror as they betrayed him, turned on him, beaten him, left him for dead, and then returned only to sell him off and have him hauled away these brothers, the same ones now before him. And who has more reason to be furious and bitter? Who has more reason to be vindictive and cruel? Who has more reason to be critically ill in his anger, irreversibly unwell in his hostility? incurably sick with the disease, this dis-ease of his fury and hatred and unforgiveness than Joseph, as he looks at his brothers kneeling before him, the same ones who attacked him and near killed him and sold him off to slave traders so that he'd be taken away from everything he knows and loves forever. Who has more reason to be sick with fury ill with anger and unwell with rage and unforgiveness than Joseph, son of Jacob. And these brothers of his, they don't even know him. So he could get away scot-free with any action he decides to take against them, that action remaining unknown, hidden, his own little secret. But what does Joseph do? 
And what does Joseph say? Let's look back to the scripture again. Genesis tells us that Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? And that he said, come closer to me. And that he also said to them, do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here for God sent me before you to preserve life. And he went on to say, God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep you alive so, so that you can come down to me and you shall settle in the land and you shall be near me and I will provide for you and all that you have. And it goes on to say that Joseph kissed all his brothers and wept on them. That is what Joseph said and did. That is what Joseph said and did. And there are words for what he did, for the things he extended to those who didn't deserve them or earn them. And those words are grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. To the brothers who betrayed him and destroyed his life, Joseph extended mercy. This past week, I was in Ollie's. You know Ollie's, right? The odd store, a messy store with its big-headed mascot and its discount items. I don't have much confidence in the store, if that makes sense. I mean, I wouldn't buy cookies or crackers from there without checking the best buy date, I can tell you that. And most of the rest of the items aren't anything I choose to decorate my home or stock my cupboards with. But despite all that, I do like Ollie's. I like Ollie's because of the books. When I was there this past week, for example, I found this really nice hardcover little King James Version Bible for $4.99. A steal, if you ask me. Ollie's Christian book section specifically is quite impressive. Wholesome, informative, spirit-led books for a fraction of the price that you'd find anywhere else. If you haven't ever checked it out, I encourage you to do so. I wonder if Ollie's will compensate me for this brief commercial. Anyway, so long story short, when I was in Ollie's last week, I came across a book and on its jacket, there was a phrase that caught my eye. The book's author, Anne Lamont, made a claim on the jacket that stuck with me. She stated, mercy is the medicine. Mercy is the medicine. And I haven't read any more of the book yet, though it's at home and in my living room, but I was so caught by that phrase, mercy is the medicine, that I thought about it for the rest of the week. Thought about how true it is, because it really is. Mercy is the medicine. Are you aware of that now famous Saturday Night Live skit in which Christopher Walken claims that he's got a fever and the only prescription is more cowbell? If you know it, you're probably grinning mostly because you can imagine Will Ferrell playing that cowbell in his tiny shirt with his hairy belly hanging out. But if you've never seen the skit and have no idea to what I'm referring, it's okay. I just wanted to say that I thought of that line from Saturday Night Live. That line, I've got a fever and the only prescription is more cowbell. When reading Lamont's claim that mercy is the medicine. Because many of us have an illness a sickness, a fever, if you will. And the only prescription, the only medicine for it is mercy, pure, unadulterated mercy. 
So many of us are all wound up and bound up in past resentments and former betrayals and previous arguments. We hash and rehash nasty things that were said to us or we cover and recover ugly things that, that were done to us. We go over them time and time again in our minds and with our spirits and we think of all the reasons and ways that we were right and undeserving of the bad done to us and how the others who hurt us were wrong and so deserving of a badness being done back onto them. And all this serves to do is to make us sick and keep us sick. All it really achieves is locking us up in bitterness just as Joseph was locked up in that prison cell, locked up in our bitterness, our hatred, our unforgiveness. Close every door to me so that doors start to close to us. Hide all the world from me so that the goodness and light in the world seems to fade away. Bar all the windows and shut out the light so that we lose sight of the light, our light with a capital L, and eventually we really begin to say to ourselves and to others and to God, do what you want with me. Hate me and laugh at me, even though we could never really mean it. Darken my daytime and torture my night. If my life were important, I would ask, will I live or die? But I know the answers lie far from this world. Well, I've got some news for you this morning. The answers aren't so far from this world. In fact, God brought the answer, capital A, right to our world. And another thing, our lives are important. Our well-being, our wholeness, our shalom is important. Our happiness and health is important. Important to God. Important enough that he developed the treatment, provided the medicine, made the vaccine, by giving us the example himself, by being the example, God's self, by taking all the abuse and by suffering all the pain, by being betrayed and tortured and killed, and by giving to us all the grace and extending to us all the mercy anyway. To us, even though we did the bad, God gave and continues to give the good. What a time in history we are in a time when many are sick or unconcerned about becoming so, an era in which expectations for unforgiveness and getting even seem to rule the day. Good thing there's a treatment, a vaccine, a prescription for this ailment, and good thing it's free to all, and that it's not prescribed by any medical doctor, but rather that it's one prescribed by our Lord and Savior, and that it is more mercy, more grace, more Christ-likeness. Please stay well. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.
Our next hymn is entitled Grace Greater Than Our Sin and is number 365 in our hymnal. I'll be reading it. Marvelous grace of our loving Lord, grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt, yonder on Calvary's mount outpoured, there where the blood of the lamb was spilt. Sin and despair like the sea waves cold threaten the soul with infinite loss. Grace that is greater, yes, grace untold, points to the refuge, the mighty cross. Dark is the stain that we cannot hide. What can avail to wash it away? Look, there is flowing a crimson tide, brighter than snow you may be today. Marvelous, infinite, infinite matchless grace, freely bestowed on all who believe. You that are longing to see his face, will you this moment his grace receive? Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all our sin. At this point in our podcast, we remember our call to support our churches with our time and our talents and our treasure. Please remember that while this podcast can make it a bit easier maybe not to come to church on Sunday morning, please remember that your Christian family, your family in Christ at church needs you to be there. They need your grace. They need your love to see your face, that of it that shows above the face mask. They need your presence. Don't forget to worship with your family in Christ. Church attendance should not be about what we get out of it. Rather, it should always be about what we are meant to give to others, and you do support others with your presence. As God gave generously to us, so we give back unto our God. And so I say now, as I say every week, just as our almighty God gave entirely of God's self for our sakes, we are likewise called to give up of ourselves for the sake of others. Let us pray. Merciful Lord, what a blessed people we are because we are your people. Unite us now as one body as we share, when we share in this worshipful, worshipful act of offering up of ourselves to others and unto you. We thank you, Lord, for every opportunity we are allowed to give as you gave. Help us always to help others through the ministry and mission of this body of Christ, our church, and all God's children say, amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God, all creatures here below. Praise God above, ye heavenly host. Praise creator Christ and Holy Ghost. Amen. And now as we have so gathered, not together in body physically, but still together as the body of Christ, let us bend the knees of our hearts and bow our heads before our creator, sustainer, and Lord in prayer. Let us pray. O Lord, hear our prayer. O Lord, hear our prayer. When we call, answer us. O Lord, hear our prayer. O Lord, hear our prayer. Come and listen to us. Merciful God, full of grace, 
Hear our prayers of confession and our prayers of need in these next few moments of silence. Merciful God, this is the day to Sabbath. This is the day to set all other things aside as we seek to be open to you. And so on this day and at this time, we give you our cares, our concerns, and indeed all that's on our hearts. Hear our prayers and guide us toward what matters. Show us how to be the best agents of your love and care today and always. As you are merciful God, you call us to be, and we seek to learn that difficult and lifelong task. Unfortunately, we find ourselves easily wrapped up in our own agendas, keeping tabs on the offenses of others, looking to see others slip up and judging their misfortune, but these are not your ways. Instead, you are merciful to us and you call us to be merciful to others. Help us in the easy times and in the difficult times to live out grace to a graceless world, to show mercy to a world that is too often merciless, and to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice as your son, our example, did. Lord God, we praise you for your mercies, for your goodness that has created us, your grace that has sustained us, your discipline that has corrected us, your patience that has borne with us, and your love that has redeemed us. We pray all these things in the name of that Son, your Son, the Lord of mercy to all, Jesus the Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our final hymn this morning is entitled, I am thine, O Lord, number 419 in the hymnal. I am thine, O Lord, I have heard thy voice, and it told thy love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of faith, and be closer drawn to thee. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope, and my will be lost in thine. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Oh, the pure delight of a single hour that before thy throne I spend. When I kneel in prayer and 
with thee, my God. I commune as friend with friend. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. There are depths of love that I cannot know till I cross the narrow sea. There are heights of joy that I may not reach till I rest in peace with thee. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Before we take our leave now of one another by turning off our computers or our phones or our iPads, May we recite the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi together. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in the giving that we receive, it is in the pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in the dying that we are born into eternal life. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Shalom to you now. Shalom, my friends. May God's full mercies bless you, my friends. In all your living and through your loving, Christ be your Shalom, Christ be your shalom.